brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. That means we're talking to you about college baseball here on the podcast. And, Aaron... We come not to bury Mike Gillespie, but to praise him. Certainly, Aaron, Mike Gillespie is the coach of the number one team in America. That is the UC Irvine Anteaters. And I don't think I expected the Anteaters to be number one at some point this year, but they have earned it. And uh, another 11-1 and in the Big West, uh, best conference in the West, and they're the number one team in that conference. And the uh, Anteaters get to number one. How did this happen? How did we get here? They've just gotten really hot. And, you know, the the key has been the bats, really. I mean, yeah, they've continued to get good pitching from their, their big guns, Babona and Bergman, and, um, you know, especially. But, but, uh, but boy, look at all the runs they scored this weekend, John. I mean, yeah. this was an offensive series. Um, and, and, you know, Mike Gillespie has been saying this year that this is not just a small ball outfit. Uh, they got a hit because they don't have a lot of speed. They don't have a lot of power. They just got a hit. Yeah, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna small ball you to death. This is not a typical little you know Big West team, I guess. It's right. it's uh, it's line drives and and just you know that's how they're gonna beat you. They're gonna string together hits. Yeah, they're not a they're not a dink and dunk West Coast make the other team make a mistake so they can score team. They make their own offense. Mm-hmm. They're not a team that f- pressures the other team necessarily into mistakes to get their offense. And that's it's just impressive that they're. Uh, they're basically beating. They're they're lining up straight out and just beating teams. That's not, it. There's no mirrors or smoke involved here. And, and I mean, they've been so consistent. I mean, to to to, it, to me, it's shocking, John, that they're I think five games up now on Cal State Fullerton in the Big West, and, that is and crazy. they won the head-to-head series. So. They are five games up. They've swept the good teams in this league. They've won the series against the good teams. Their one loss in the league is at Fullerton, right? That in a game they were leading most of the game. Uh, they lost in extra innings. They swept Polly. Well, Polly has been very good all year. Yeah. Start to finish, Polly. Polly's, Polly's been in very second good. place right now. And uh, you know they sweep Riverside. Riverside can really pitch. Right. And Rip- they swept Long Beach State in a down year for Long Beach State. Yeah. But, you know, Adam Wilk gave him everything they could handle on Friday night. They won that game. So they've taken on all challengers in that league. They're and really they're really in the catbird seat now because look who they've got left on their schedule: Cal State, Northridge, Pacific, UC Davis. I mean, those are the three. Yeah. I'm sorry, talent wise, they're still the three worst teams in the league, and and, and UC Santa Barbara, right. which is probably in good the middle t- of the pack. Right, a good team, uh, a team that can really pitch, and that'll be a great. I think that'll be a great test for Irvine going into the postseason because when they're firing on all cylinders, Santa Barbara really does have three legitimate weekend starters who could probably be in, in 90% of weekend rotations around the country. Sure. Now, would they be in North Carolina's weekend rotation? I don't know. No. we got to see here up close and personal, although they were sold out. 
So I tried to take my family Saturday, sold out at Boschmer Stadium this weekend, which is just unbelievable. Uh, I don't remember that happening for a non-NC State series. It happened. You know what? <laughs> it, last time it happened was uh, was last year for the Florida State series in okay. Cary. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's right. I remember that. That was a tough ticket to get. Yeah. That was the Buster Posey ticket. That's Everyone right. Everyone wanted to go see Buster. But but, but uh, back to the the Big West for a second, John. Yeah. What about Pacific? This is the winning a story. series at Cal State Fullerton. I mean, to me, the 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 stat the, the just you know made my eyes pop was was Cal State Fullerton is seventy three and ten. All time against Pacific, they were seventy-two and eight going into this weekend. That's unbelievable. Eight and, and, out of eighty games. And this is a team that you know we've been singing their praises all year long. Fullerton, deservedly so. Deservedly so. They've got a, a very good club, but my God, how do you lose that series? Well, I think first of all, you give kudos to Pacific and to Ed they Sprague. Do. For those of you who don't know, uh, Ed Sprague, who played at Stanford, uh, U.S. Olympian, uh, World Series hero with the Blue Jays as a big leaguer. Uh, decently long big league career. Uh, you know, some of us remember him for his uh, much ado about nothing career with the, uh, uh, or stint I should say, with the Red Sox. Of course, and that, that trade That's about that, two months there. That what? trade that was uh, just a classic uh, uh, Dan Duquette trade. No, no young players. Let's trade for veterans. But the big point is that he's got this team uh, playing. They're consider they're seven and five yeah. in the conference now, Aaron, and, and they're not a threat. Their talent level right. still isn't great. I do know that the last couple of years doing uh, draft calls in the West, their recruiting, there have been some of their recruits have been, you know, on the radar. They have brought in some more talent. Not a ton of talent, uh, yeah, but they're also doing this. The one guy on their team I would have pegged coming into the year, Joe Oliveira, their catcher, who I believe is one, like, best throwing arm or best defensive catcher in the Big West and our best tools. Right. Each of the last two years, if he doesn't win it, he finishes second in the balling. He's balloting. He's well-regarded by scouts and by the coaches in that league. He's been hurt most of the year. He's only played eight games. Nick Longmire, who is leading their team in hitting, that's a guy from San Diego. That's a tough guy for them to get. You're having to go to San Diego and tell this kid, come up to Stockton where it actually gets cold in the state of California, and we're the one school in the whole league that doesn't have perfect weather, come play for us up north. That's hard to do, and Nick Longmire has been yeah. – he, he's actually probably been their biggest uh, name recruit, and he's hitting 395. So I just I think you have to just give kudos, I think, a little bit to Pacific here and yeah. to Ed Sprague for the, the turnaround job they've done. And, you know, and, and coaches who have seen Pacific this year have been telling me all year long that they're much improved, that they're, they're, they're pesky. Uh, that they give you problems. I mean, heck, they, they, they set a tone for the whole season, I think, with that first weekend against Baylor. Right. Uh, right. I think they, 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 was, it was, they, they lost two out of three, but it was a very intense competitive series. And, uh, and you know, since then, I mean, they, they've just they've been in games all year long. Yeah, no, they really um, have. So, I mean, give, yeah, like you said, give, give Pacific credit, but that's a series that Fullerton has to win. Um, I believe that's uh, also fair to say. And I think, like you said, uh, I don't mean to, to – well, I guess I do mean to parrot Billy Packer here. But the Big West race is over. Yep. That Forget automatic bid is Forget going to UC it. Irvine, and that's very impressive. Yeah. So the so the Anteaters are one. They jump over Rice, which is two. Uh, Rice has had a great year. Still a little sh- – they're just so inconsistent on the mound. That's all there is to it. There's so One weekend their bullpen's great. The next weekend their bullpen's not so hot. Yeah. One weekend their rotation gets back in, uh, you know, in fine fettle. Then the next weekend, not so much. They're, they're consistently winning games. They're dominating Conference USA. But that old mayor ain't what she used to be. Um, so Rice, a very steady number two. Arizona State dominating the Pac-10 again. Really, frankly, uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Arizona State's dominating the Pac-10. Right. Pat Murphy also, talking about coaching kudos, they lost a ton. They did I know the Pac-10 is down, but 
Arizona State is dominating that league, and I think also Pat Murphy deserves some kudos because, you know, it's fun to joke about Pat and all that kind of stuff, but uh, Black Hat Pat gets the job done. That team, year in and year out, that program is really, really good. And uh, I, th- I think Pat deserves uh, some credit for that. Could, uh, couldn't agree more. I think I think he's unfairly, perhaps uh, when people look at his his record, he's unfairly maligned because he hasn't won a title yet. Yeah. And it's hard to win a title. He's he's one of the best coaches out there. It's and difficult. like you said, I mean, it's 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 even more hard maybe to be as good as they are year in and year out. I think I think uh, having grown up a North Carolina basketball fan, I could give you a long speech about how important consistency is. Overwinning championships, um, <laughs> but and I think there is that argument has a lot of uh, weight for me. Uh, the other thing with that team is they they lose talent, but then they come back every year and they are they're just so consistent. You know, he's had really one bad year in the last ten, uh, essentially. I believe ninety nine is the last time they didn't make regionals. Um, and this is a guy who's won sixty eight percent of his games over his career as, as a head coach, and you know sixty eight percent at Arizona State coming into this year, and he just. They win. Uh, they win year in and year out, and uh, there's only been one year in the last uh, eight or nine that they haven't won 45 games, 40-plus games, uh, and it's not just scheduling anymore. He used to schedule some cupcakes. Now he really schedules aggressively. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Arizona State's our number three, North Carolina number four after uh, – so really the, the next couple teams, this, it, it got really interesting, Aaron, early in this week's rankings. North Carolina sweeps Miami at home. Texas maybe had the most impressive weekend of any team in the top 25, Aaron, by going – and sweep in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, which have been playing very well, which had not lost a weekend series. Mm-hmm. Texas, first place in the Big 12. This is starting to look an awful lot like an Omaha team. Yeah, I think so. And, and um, you know, going into the year, what do we have? Number four. We like this team a lot, yeah. mostly because of the pitching. We, we thought their offense would be better than it was early on, and, and now it's starting to be. It is starting to be more what we thought it would be. Um, it's still not a, a world-beating offense. You but can't quite crown them yet. No, but but they're gonna. I think they're gonna score enough with their pitching staff to win a lot of games. And they just really—they've had one bad weekend all year. They That's got it. swept at Kansas, and I think we all know if we're following this season just how topsy-turvy that can happen to any team. Any team can lose a weekend series pretty much to anybody. Yep. Any team can lose to anybody. Getting back to North Carolina, Matt Harvey can lose midweek to High Point. I know he pushed out of the bullpen in that game. But how about let's take High Point. High Point 16 and 19 this year. They're on like they they had a protracted coaching search last summer. Uh those players, they're 16 and 19 overall. What do they do this week? They go uh, was it on was it on the road at Coastal Carolina? No, was it home? Okay, at home. so they beat North Carolina at midweek and then went two out of three against Coastal. And they went th- 3 and 1 against ranked teams this week. So and High Point's not an elite program, even in a mid-major conference. So anything can happen this year. So I think every team deserves a mulligan for having a bad sure. weekend, and that's basically what happened at Texas. Like and and the Longhorns have won 15 and 17 since then. And they've, I mean, they've got just, you know, I think probably they've got the deepest pitching staff in the country right now. Because with those two freshmen, Taylor Youngman and, and Austin Deshari, uh, you know, those guys aren't even weekend starters for them. And they, they might amazing. be. I, th- I think Youngman leads the, the nation in ERA, and, and Deshari's right up there, probably in the top five. Um, Their opponent's batting average is 217. That is really remarkable. It's insane. That is, that is hard to fathom. Austin uh, Wood, John, is a guy that I think, you know, really needs to be singled out because he's I a love guy Austin that. Austin Wood. You know, he. 
he wasn't made to start. They right. tried to start him, you know, and, and it didn't work out. But he's back to the bullpen this year where he belongs. And, boy, he's just he's been a huge difference maker. He made a difference in all three games this weekend. He he, uh, he pitched, I think, two and two-thirds scoreless Friday, or in the first game of Saturday's doubleheader, rather. Yeah. Two more scoreless uh, in the second game, and then he, he came in and got the last out on, on Sunday. So, I mean, this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's like a left-handed Lewis Coleman from LSU. He's got yeah. the same kind of ability to, to make an impact. Fastball command, Aaron. That's <laughs> you can get a long way, even against metal bats, if you command the fastball. And, yeah. uh, the thing that I like about Texas is looking at them this year, um, they have six pitchers that they know they have total confidence in, and that's Youngman, Deshari, Wood, Cole Green, Chance Ruffin, Brandon Workman. Those guys go out every week because they're five starters, basically. They play two midweek, and they're relief ace. On the weekend, some of their other guys get a little work in, but – they go deep into games. Right. They have six pitchers, and we know that's what you need. Going to Super Regional yep. in Omaha, if you have six pitchers who are really good, that's enough. And they've got a really good, reliable, situational lefty, and Keith Shinneberry is another guy that uh, is kind of in that mix for them. I mean, it's, I love that name. It's a Keith great name, sure. It's a, did, did he play at Baylor, or did he have a brother who played at Barry, at Baylor? That might have to be a question that I should have asked off-air. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't have the I answer. love the name Shinneberry, um, and I seem to remember – as somebody, uh, maybe I'm just uh, mixing him up and thinking that he played at Baylor. He's from Austin. Maybe I, you're thinking of Seth Fortenberry? I might be thinking of Seth Fortenberry. That's the monster cereal. Shinneberry, Fort, Fortenberry, <laughs> and uh, Count Dishery uh, would be the other All right. guy involved in there. It's the Baseball America College Podcast. That's my random reference of the day. Hopefully we'll stick to baseball for the rest of it. Aaron, uh, Georgia Tech is the other team that we moved up quite a bit this weekend in our rankings. Uh, they move up to number seven after having been number 12. And we've talked a lot about North Carolina. We talked about Miami this year. Florida State gets back into our rankings this weekend at number 21. And, and certainly the Seminoles seem to have really found their footing. But let's talk a little bit about the Yellow Jackets because they're in first place in the ACC. They beat Georgia head-to-head at midweek this week. So that's a nice, uh, you know, uh, Peach State battle. How's Georgia Tech uh, right now positioning itself as an Omaha-type team? What's the difference in this Georgia Tech team and, and past teams that we've ranked really highly at Baseball America? Well, I I think Georgia Tech is talented, but more importantly, um, they've got really good college baseball players, and they're very deep. They're very powerful. I it's mean, a, it's a really there's not a, a lot of easy outs in that lineup. No, it's 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 and you know, and they've got guys off the bench. They've got a lot of parts they can mix and match. I I don't think there's a more powerful lineup in the ACC for sure. I mean, uh, if that you're, seems fair. Them you and know, Florida State are the best offensive teams in the league. They've got some behemoths. They've got a lot more power than Florida State is yep. the difference. Yep. Florida State maybe. I mean, Florida State's got great hitters, yeah. but these guys they've got masters. I mean, Luke Merton and and, and Matt Scholar are just are just behemoths. Yeah. Uh, Tony, Tony Plagman's Blackman. got huge power. I mean, Derek Dietrich only has five home runs, but we know he's got power. And Jason Hanniger's got power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, even Jeff Rowland is as a, a, a kind of a little leadoff guy with a lot of speed. Even he can he can run into one. Well, so sixty six home runs in thirty five games tells you the story. Uh, th- and that other thing is, to me, on the mound, this team's a little, yeah. bit, a little bit better than maybe some of their recent. Uh, and when, we've, when we've ranked Georgia Tech really highly, when you think of Georgia Tech players who are in the big leagues or have been high drafts, you usually don't think of the pitchers. You usually think of the hitters. Right. Um, of course, historically, the best Georgia Tech big leaguer of all time has been Kevin Brown, who was a pitcher. So there's a little irony there. Sure. I believe that's back when Jim Morris was the head coach, and I believe Spanky McFarlane was a pitching coach on that team. It's a little all-star cast that yeah. they had back in the mid-'80s at Georgia Tech. But uh, Deck McGuire, Kevin Jacob, who's been a little inconsistent on Sunday, like you've written about, they've had some, some well, struggles yeah. with that Sunday spot. Which, which is why Von I think Tersh it was – and McGuire are a nice one-two punch. Right, but, it, but it's been critical for them now. The last two weeks, Brandon Compton has gone That's back right. to the Sunday right. spot. And, boy, he was – 
dynamite on Sunday. I was out there at Wake Forest, and, and he threw seven shutout innings. Um, How'd Shane Croker look? You have to let Dave Just Perkin okay. Know. <laughs> yeah, you know, Wake, Wake Forest is going through some problems. Nobody in their team looks good right now. But I'll tell you. Not even Evan Oakletree? No. <laughs> Nobody looks good for Wake Forest <laughs> That's right all now. I got for you on, on Wake Forest. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, John, Brandon Compton might have had the – I mean, it was one of the best breaking balls I've seen all year long. It was awesome. It was, it was a 77-78-mile-an-hour hammer, you know, really tight. I mean, and, and, and he spotted it. He was able to throw it for strikes, which he has that's, not been able to do, which was, I think, key for him. That's the whole key uh, to having a great breaking ball. It's nice to have it look good and have the right shape and yada, yada. But if you can throw it for strikes and then bury it, I mean, you're talking about a, you're talking about a yeah. real weapon. So so with, with him now, I think that, that gives them three really pretty solid weekend guys. They've that got a lot of parts Jacob in the bullpen. The bullpen. Yeah. Well, them, that really just makes them, their staff so much deeper. Right. And sometimes if you get into a loser's bracket of a super regional or a regional, not a super regional, but a regional or an Omaha, you need to have that kind of like that fourth starter who you can really count on and uh, a guy who can pitch versatile, either can start a game or, or come out of relief. And yeah. now you know, Jake was a guy who's been up to 97, has he sure. not, this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they have power arms with him and Pope. And, and Compton was up to was 91-93 for you know, six or seven innings this, you know, this weekend. So they got a lot of power arms. Is Georgia Tech the best team in the ACC? You still think that maybe is North Carolina? I, I still give the edge to North Carolina because of, of the experience, because I do still think their pitching is better. Uh, and because, I mean, hey, North Carolina's offense is good enough, I mean, with, right. with, with Ackley and Seager and those guys. But Georgia Tech right now might be the most complete team in the league. Speaking of uh, Southern southern leagues, I'd give you my Neil Young uh, impersonation, but I think, I'm, I think my voice isn't up for it this morning. Let's talk about the Southeastern Conference a little bit here, Aaron. Yes. You had an intense, as you wrote in the Top 25 Tracker weekend series between Georgia and Arkansas this weekend. Yeah. You have LSU losing its first SEC series in a long time since basically that 26-game win streak started last year. Um, what's going on in this league? No team wants to go out there and take control. Georgia has the best yeah. record, but they did lose a home series to, to LSU. Yeah. Um, I don't know who I think the best team in this league is. I guess I think it's LSU, but – you know, outside, they really haven't – no one has really played up the expectations on the team except for Anthony Renato, who's kind of almost exceeded expectations in some sure. ways. I mean, we thought he could be good. I think we're a little bit I'm, – I'm impressed anyway that he's been this good this fast. Um, how many bids, first of all, does he think, is the SEC looking at this year? Is it still looking at a seven or eight bid league? I, I still think it's an eight bid league. Uh, you know, because for one thing, it'd be, it'd be hard for them to get less than that because they're just yeah, they're not who else out there? Is, teams out there. It, there, there aren't. I mean, it's there's a ton of parity, but I think the SEC is pretty safe for eight. I don't think they'll get nine. I mean, Auburn is probably fading a little bit here. And that's that's my question. Auburn, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's uh, on the bubble. Those, those right teams, now. Are, those teams are saying, I don't want it. You take it. Yeah. I mean, like. South Carolina is kind of the number seven team right now, and yes, and they re- what's what's South Carolina's real claim to fame? I mean, they've they won Ole some Miss series. They beat, they beat Ole Miss, um, and and uh, I mean they they you know they they've they've have had they, their ups won, and downs. They've here. won the season series so far against Clemson, basically too. Have they not? Are that's, they two that's and right. one against Clemson? That's right. Beating Auburn this weekend is huge to me. Those are two bubble teams. So winning two out of three yeah, I mean, against winning Auburn, two out of three at Kentucky. Again, those are those are they're, they're beating they're beating their fellow bubble teams, which is very helpful. And I think you know, no offense to the other clubs, got Ray Tanner has to get some credit for that. That's that's a guy who's been through the SEC now for a good 13, 14 seasons. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows what it takes to win Southeastern Conference games. I think South Carolina this year and last year, almost like especially this year, is going to be the nadir in terms of their talent level. I would say with that ballpark, with Ray Tanner, with Chad Holbrook as the assistant coach there, uh, the recruiting success that he had in North Carolina. That program is going to be back on the upswing. No question. So if they make regionals this year 
in a down year, boy, it's, that's a pretty good sign of, of the, the and, quality of that program. You know, and the, the remaining schedule looks pretty favorable. I mean, they've yeah. got... Uh, They've they got, have to uh, go to Florida, and that's that, that's, that's a tough, tough series. But I mean, they got Vanderbilt at home. They got at Tennessee, which is a series they should win. Right, uh, and then they got at Georgia. So I mean, they could really go win two out of these last four series, and I think they'll be in. Yeah, I think, and, and that's very doable. Yep. it sounds like for South Carolina. Uh, what about Auburn? We we're just talking about Auburn. That's a bubble team. That's got talent. I mean, we ranked them in the preseason last year. Uh, obviously, John Pulaski, the first year coach there. Uh, going through some, the, I don't the think we ranked issues. them the preseason last year, but we liked them. Okay, we didn't rank. I think I think we had them in last. We had them, we had in, them the, in the in the yeah. field. Um, the, the, their remaining schedule very difficult. They're at LSU, home to Ole Miss, at Kentucky, home in the Iron Bowl series. Yeah, if they I, call it that, Alabama. Can they make a run? I think they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, it, because that that remaining schedule is too difficult, and they're not good enough on the mound. I mean, the reports that I get about Auburn is they they've got some. Good offensive talent, but they're just you, not good enough on the mound. Bottom line. That's how you lose twenty-four to two at uh, when you play the Florida Gators. Um, it's the Baseball America College Podcast, along with Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. Let's talk about some of the teams that we brought in this weekend, Aaron, at the bottom of the rankings before we check out for the week. Hawaii, number twenty. I think we're all very impressed with Hawaii, which seems like it's doing a lot with a little. Uh, yeah. And that's I think it's another great coaching job. Mike Trapasso has done a, a tremendous job at Hawaii this year. With a team that's got a twenty-three plus twenty-three run differential, which is not that great. The team is sitting about two sixty, and yet they win a lot of close games. They got a great bullpen. Uh, they're hitting. They're not. They're not an overly offensive club, but they have a decent amount of home runs. They're out homering their opponents almost two to one. Uh, you've written a little bit about Hawaii, but I, I think the thing that impressed us the most and prompted us to rank them is it's just been their consistency this yeah. year. I mean, it's it's hard to win four game series. You know, I mean, it's a lot harder to win three out of four or four out of four than it is to win two out of three. We see that in the WAC. WAC teams are constantly going two and two. Yep. Yeah. So to me, for for Hawaii to go to to go three and one against San Jose State, three and one versus Coastal Carolina, four and zero oh against Loyola Marymount, three and one versus Mississippi State. I mean, that's impressive. It is impressive. You know, and then and then this weekend, of course, they go three and one against Sacramento State. So, I mean, it's it's give those guys credit. I, I still don't think. They're talented enough right. to make a deep run in the postseason. Um, the coaches, the people that I talk to who've seen Hawaii say, you know, like you said, John, they're just okay talent-wise. Yeah. They're, they're getting it done. And, I, again, that's a great coaching job by Mike Trapasso. He's got to be in the, one of the front runners for, for National Coach of the Year right now. I, I think he is, and I, that's why I brought it up. And then I think you look in that league, and you also – I think a natural reaction in the WAC right now is Fresno. Yeah. It has been for several years. You look at Fresno, you think that – that's the best program in that league. Mike Basil's done a great job there. And, of course, last year they had the Cinderella run to the national championship. But this year, Fresno State, Aaron, is uh, the opposite of Enfuego. I don't remember how you say cold in Espanol. Frio? In Frio. Right now they're in Frio. Yeah. A four-game series sweep at Louisiana Tech. They gave up double-digit runs in every game, 56 runs. They gave up two touchdowns in each game except for the for the opener. And that's on top of – Splitting a four-game series with New Mexico State the weekend before. That's on top of losing two at Cal State Bakersfield previously. Brutal. This team's, I'm afraid to say it, kind of in free fall right now. No, there's no question about it. They're I mean, 18 and 20. This team yeah. does not have good enough pitching. Who did I just say that about? Auburn? Yeah. Same deal. They've yeah. got offensive talent, and they don't have good enough pitching. And we, we knew that in the preseason. That's why we didn't rank them. Uh, we thought they were going to be better than this because they are good enough offensively and defensively. I think we both thought they were the, the best yeah. team in the WAC. Oh, no question. Yeah. For them to be 2-6 two and, what, two and, six two and in, six the in the league, 18-20 and 20 overall, to me, that's pretty shocking. It's a long way to go. 
obviously, still. I mean, we are in mid-April. It's not that long to go. But they've got four weekends left, uh, and this is – correct me if I'm wrong. Is this a league ter- that has a tournament? It is. I they do have a tournament. And, and I think, unless they've changed the format, six out of the, the seven teams get in. So, that's right. That's what happened. So if they can just not finish in dead last, um, then so right now they can still make a run. How amazing would that be for them to win the national championship one year and then be the only team in the league that doesn't make the conference tournament? And, and let's face it. Uh, Sacramento State's the other team they're battling with. Sacramento State's having a better year yeah. uh, overall. Yeah. Louisiana Tech is the team that was last last year. They just lost that tiebreaker by getting swept at La Tech, and they still have to go to San Jose State, to Sacramento State, home to Hawaii, home to Nevada. That's not easy. Nevada and Hawaii are the co-leaders in this league. San Jose State's 26-11, and 5-3. And then Sacramento State's the team they're tied with. That is daunting. Yep. Uh, Fresno State... No guarantee they'll even make their own conference tournament, not even thinking about the 64 team yet. So that, that that's shocking to me. Uh, other teams we brought in, Aaron, and we should wrap this up, we brought in Florida State, Alabama, Texas A&M, Kansas State, or Kent State, I should say. Um, so we left in Kansas State. Kent State we've talked about on this uh, program this year. Uh, I think we, we really like their talent. Yeah. The MAC schedule, their schedule just hasn't been that great. We're really kind of in, in a sea of parity. We're going on the scouting reports we've gotten, which is that right. this is a legitimate team, yep. offensively, defensively, pitching wise. And they, and they, and they want a, series, a midweek game against Ohio State. I mean, that's it's it's it's, it's you know it's a which shame is, that that's what they have to hang their hat on. Yeah. But th- what else have we got there? I mean, I I agree with you, John. We, it's because we know they're we know they're good. Yep. That's why we rank them. Maybe their body of work is is not as impressive as Georgia Southern yep. or Elon. Yeah. Um. But uh, or maybe even Boston College <laughs> or yeah. or some of these other teams that we uh, could have ranked and didn't. Uh, Clemson or well, both uh, those Louisville. both those teams lost series, but right. But Louisville, for example, uh, for which is not even in first place in the Big East, they're tied for second by right. one game. Uh, they haven't played them. I mean, Ohio State is in first place in the Big Ten, and they went on the road and swept Purdue. I actually, watched some of that on the Big Ten Network this weekend. Um, but Ohio State, you know, they have some things they can say that are good, but in general, they've played a pretty weak schedule. Yeah, and they're twenty nine and eight, but uh, they really haven't played anybody. So they're two and two against the top twenty five, and. Uh, you know, it's a win at Miami and uh, one and two against Minnesota. I think we are so unsure about the top of the Big Ten. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense to rank a team. If, no. if Minnesota had won that series at Illinois and stamped itself as the best team in the Big Ten, would have felt really good about ranking Minnesota right. again. But they didn't. Illinois had some good things, but they lost. You know, midweek their pitching depth is not what it right, needs to right. be. So, you know, and, and we thought about ranking one of those SoCon teams. Yeah, uh, Georgia Southern and Elon both have had pretty good years. Uh, I think. What we decided to do, the approach we decided to take, was similar to last week where we had those three ACC teams, Florida State, Clemson, and, and Boston College. They yep. were all kind of bunched together, and we didn't know how you separate those three teams. So we said, well, we'll, 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 rank, we'll wait. We'll not rank any of them, and we'll see if one of them emerges next week. And lo and behold, that's what Florida State did. With Elon and Georgia Southern, I mean, I think Georgia Southern has the the slightly more impressive body of work. Yep. Elon also has a, an impressive body of work. Is, is is a game up in the conference standings and won the head to head against Georgia Southern. Yeah, at, which was at Georgia at Statesboro. Right. So. so I mean, you know, how do you separate those? We'll just let 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 the the action on the field decide it. Maybe the next week or two here. I think that's a fair approach, and that's why we both that's why we took it. But uh, it was a, it's it's getting harder and harder. I think every week you, you you it used to be that the more games they played, the more the team separated themselves out. Now it's almost it's just so much harder, and I really don't envy the baseball committee, Aaron, because they're when, when there's this much parity, you watch they're just going to go RPI. They're not going to look at quality wins or whatever. 
when there's a razor thin edge between all these teams and so many teams with the same resume, they're going to go RPI. What does that mean when they go RPI? They go Southeast. They go teams in the ACC, the SEC, uh, Sun Belt, or that kind. The Southeast benefits from that, and the West, the West has as much parity as it's ever had. But if the Pac-10 gets three teams in, they're lucky. If the Big West yeah. gets four teams, I think they there's no, they're not going to get five. I don't think. John, a few it's weeks ago we were looking. A, a, few, a few weeks ago we were looking at the Big West as at least four and maybe five, and right now it's three. three. It might be three because UC you know, Riverside has dropped off. I'm going to talk about this in three strikes today, but UC Riverside has dropped off. UC Santa Barbara's dropped off. I mean, it's, it's Irvine, Poly, and Fullerton, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, Santa Barbara is one eight out of ten, but their RPI is not good. It's not good, uh, and they lost a series against San Jose State that they really needed to win at home this weekend. And look at their remaining schedule with Polly at Fullerton, Long Beach at Riverside, and then they've got Irvine. Oh, come on! That's a killer. That is a killer. So yeah, no, you're right. I mean, this is I, I'm I'm preparing West Coast fans right now for disappointment on Memorial Day weekend. I, I just think the way that the, there's so much parity, I really think that you're gonna get. Uh, ties in to go to the southeastern team. There have been lots of teams. There have been lots of teams out west, John, that have had an opportunity, correct, to capitalize on this vacuum, and we they just, haven't done it. We just mentioned Santa Barbara beat San Jose State, didn't do it. How about anybody in the West Coast Conference? Gonzaga beat Portland. How beat, about Loyola Marymount? Exactly you know, right. I mean, win a series, beat you guys. Por- that's exactly right. You're you you got road. a golden chance here with the Pac-10 being down. You got to win series. That's win. it. Win. Uh, really, that's all, and ultimately, that's what the RPI measures. It does measure, obviously, strength of schedule, that kind of thing. But ultimately, if you win, you have a good RPI. And you know, San Diego, as, as beat up as they could be, the opportunity is right there for the West Coast Conference teams, for Pepperdine, for Gonzaga. No one wants it. WAC uh, is wide open. Uh, hey, Hawaii wants it. You know, Let's see if Hawaii can finish. But I, I think that the West, there are going to be a lot of bubble teams out there. And We'll see, but I just I don't envy the committee because of all this parity. It's going to be tough. It's tough for us to rank 25. Yeah, I think how hard it's going to be for them to have to pick 64. So, for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Great podcast today, Aaron. I I I hope people have as much fun listening as we have doing it because it is a lot of fun. We love college baseball. And we love talking about it on the Baseball America College podcast. Send those questions into us. I didn't have any this week. Podcast at baseballamerica.com, and we'll read them on the air. So until next week. Frayer and I'm John. So long, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.